another pay-per-view fight week in the UFC, along with Will Brewer. I'm Colby Daniels. Will, UFC 272 on Saturday. What is happening, my friend? Man, so you know how last week I said I'm, I wasn't really feeling it, you know, in terms of this fight, you know, but I'm, I'm there now. Like, I'm feeling it, you know, just like all the uh, media attention that it's got. But I will say this. The uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, interview didn't do much for me. But, you know, seeing all of the other <laughs> interviews uh, that Colby and Jorge had, uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty interested to see how the fight's going to go. There's a lot of emotion yeah. emotion attached to it. I did not partake in the Stephen A. Smith interview. I will not partake in the Stephen A. Smith interview. Although I will say I'm glad that this is getting the mainstream attention because it deserves it, right? This is what the Nganu Cyril Gon fight was missing. It, it didn't ever hit the mainstream uh, circulation and you know you have a fight like this like if Stephen A. Smith's not talking to you as much as I can't stand him and don't think he has any business talking about the UFC or MMA in general as much as I can't stand him for the big fights like if he's not talking about it the UFC has failed to put that thing in front of their eyeballs in that way so this is one that you know supersedes just UFC fans it's going to get the attention of of casuals if you will which means that mainstream is going to pick it up so yeah, this, uh, I, I told you a couple weeks ago, the promo for this fight was next level. I thought the UFC crushed the promo uh, for, you know, the buildup to these two guys hating each other and all the old video of them being roommates, you know, and both guys looking significantly younger than they do now. And yeah, the, I mean, it's it, this is going to be awesome on Saturday. Again, I still find myself, Will, even now that we're at fight week, and maybe that'll change over the next couple days, but I still find myself not really changing my opinion about how this fight's going to go. I still feel pretty solidly on, on how I feel the fight's going to go. But yeah, there is the element of, you know, the the personal rivalry, the personal um, hate, if you will, between these two guys that can potentially throw off, you know, the X's and O's part of this. So yeah, I can't wait for Saturday. Yeah, you know, my opinion kind of hasn't changed, but, you know, I went back and watched some of their old fights because like when we... Um, what we have to go off of in terms of recency for both of these guys is their fights with Kamaru Usman. So, I, you know, I went kind of went back and watched uh, Covington and Masvidal because Usman is the best of the best. So I kind of went back and looked like, what, are, what do these guys look like when they're not fighting the absolute best pound for pound guy? And you, you kind of forget how fast Masvidal is uh, on the feet and how skilled he is with his kicks. You know, you don't re you didn't really get to see that against Usman because he's so good at wrestling. And of course he uh, knocked him out in the second one. And then Colby, I mean, we saw we've seen a completely different Kobe Covington uh, when it comes to uh, his fights with Usman. The, in the first fight, it was all about pace. In the second fight, it was more so about defense and patience. So um, with that being said, when I when I go back and I see his fights against uh, RDA and uh, Damian Maya, like that's a completely different guy who who was really, really tough. And you can see why he's the, the best welterweight outside of Kamaru Usman. And you can see why Masvidal rose up the ranks in the way he did. Both these guys are very skilled. And they both know each other inside and out. So I'm very, very curious to see how it's going to play out on Saturday. Yeah. And who potentially lets emotion get the best of them, right? Like, I think you think of fighting and, and the fact that you want to, to hurt the other guy. And I think a lot of people feel like there are so many emotions. But generally, I mean, you're these guys at the professional level are able to take emotion out of it to some degree. Or at least the most successful fighters are able to take emotion out of it this is a ufc pay-per-view that's not for a belt right it's it's two guys that have this real life rivalry so you're adding emotion into a situation where generally the best of the best are able to remove it so that to me is the the total wild card in this fact in in this uh matchup yeah not only that this is the, the type of rivalry that we don't really see much you know uh friends like 
you you know you see those training par- former training partners you know fight each other and stuff but this was like roommates yeah. you know best friends you know these guys are driving up and down the roads together uh, Jorge's cornering him uh, you know these guys were I'm not gonna say the best of friends but in terms of this MMA world these guys were as close as you can get and then for it to to fall out the way it did uh with the team and everything that Colby was saying and uh you can tell like um there there's there's some emotion um Jorge was hurt by a bit of the comments that Colby had made in the media uh so there's a lot of emotion attached to it I mean, I don't know if that's going to if it's going to play a factor in terms of the fight, because I think they both know how dangerous the other person is and yeah. they're going to need to stick to a game plan. But the the amount of um, neither of these guys want to lose. I don't, and I don't think neither of these guys can afford to lose. So I think that puts the emotion aside for both guys because they have to be uh, aware. They have to be within themselves to have the best performance. Yeah, it's dude, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for the press conference. Uh, the way, I mean, every opportunity that we have leading up to this fight for these guys to be in the same room and to be squared off is, I feel like, going to be fireworks. And look, I think it's going to be telling. We talked about this a little bit last week. Like, it's going to be telling if we get the same Colby Covington as we, we had with the Usman fights, right? Or if it's another level, if there's like a, a darker level to him, if it looks more real, or if it's somewhat of the cartoonish, you know, I'm just going to say whatever's on my mind type of thing. Like, I, I think all of that is going to be really telling. And, and to me, that that is probably about as fascinating as anything leading up to this fight. Yeah, you know, as I uh, saw the interview that Kobe did with uh, with Brett Okamoto, I, I could see a little bit of, like, both. I could see some of the same kind of antics that he's been doing, you know, over the years. But I also see some some seriousness, you know. Um, there There's some truth to what Kobe's saying. There's some truth to what Jorge's saying. They're, they're both... Not they're both not telling the same story, but uh, in terms of the the events that happen, uh, they kind of line up with both. So uh, I I think that when we get into the press conference, uh, Kobe's going to be real. He he might it might come off as him being a character, but I think he's going to be saying some real real stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's going to be as real. Uh, this is going to be the most authentic Kobe Covington that will that we'll see for sure. Yeah. So the co-main event was supposed to be RDA and Raphael Faziv, which was postponed a couple weeks ago to co-main event this card. Faziv now has COVID. He's out. So over the last couple days, we learned that Faziv is out, no COVID, or COVID, no fight, trying to find a replacement. Well, guess who just fought in the main event last week? Was able to get out of there pretty much unblemished. Well, it happens to be Islam Mahashev. Well, for those that don't know, RDA and Islam Mahashev were supposed to fight multiple times, multiple cancellations. Kind of works out where potentially you can get these guys back in the octagon. They can finally meet up. You could even get it at a, a catch weight or, you know, if you want to go up to, to welterweight, whatever. Both guys on Twitter this week, Will, saying they're down. They want the fight. They want to do it. I don't know if you saw this. I just literally saw this about two minutes ago. Apparently Dana White in a press conference said that Islam turned the fight down. And that's that, uh, why we ended up with Rafael Dos Anjos and Renato Moicano as our co-main event. But it kind of sounded like both guys were ready to take it on, and now we find out that Islam is the one that said no, which is disappointing. Yeah, you know, I was following that um, when, when everything was going down, if the C pulls out and, you know, the UFC scrambling for, for people to fight, to fight him. You know, if Islam is going to turn the fight down, I really don't understand why he said what he said. Like he threw, he sent that tweet out. Um, yeah, like uh, we have unfinished business. Let's do it at 170. 
Then, you know, RDA said, uh, let's do it at 165. And then Islam said something else. And then RDA is like, okay, fine, fuck it. I'll do 170. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a verbal agreement if I've ever seen one right there. So, but then after after a while, Islam didn't respond to it. So immediately I was kind of like, okay, that's that's a little different. You know, normally if somebody really wanted to fight, they would have been like, Dana, send the contract or something like that. You know, Hunter, send the contract, something like that. But uh, after after those talks was happening on Twitter, Islam kind of went quiet. And then as you see the talks with the UFC, you hear Montano's name. And then you Islam's just kind of flew under the radar. Like you stopped hearing about him. And then, of, of course, this fight gets made official. So you're like, what, whatever happened to Islam? Oh, and then you find out that uh that he turned it down. So it, it's just weird. It's just like if you really didn't want the fight, why would you even yeah. say what you said on Twitter? It, it makes no sense. Well, and they've gone back and forth over every one of these cancellations, right? Like, and and they've both blamed each other. And now you're in the perfect opportunity to get it done. RDA has has already said like, let's if that's where you want it, let's do it. Uh, here's what Dana White. Here's Dana White's words, and I'm reading this from MMAfighting.com. Dana White's words were pretty close. I thought we had it done. When I went to bed one of those nights, I thought it was done. Woke up the next morning and found out they turned it down. Islam turned it down. No clue why. So they, they I mean, it, Dana White went to bed thinking that that's what it was going to be. And then whatever happened, uh, he turned it down. But how about this? This is also interesting. And I don't know if you saw this today. Uh, apparently, uh, Dana White is saying that uh, he still wants the Islam Benil Dariush fight. You know, um, and I'm sure we'll get into, uh, you know, last week's main event. Yeah. Um, Islam fought for, you know, however long it was. He didn't, it didn't even seem like he got touched, uh, had his way with Bobby Green. Um, but, you know, 10 fight winning streak in, in the lightweight division. But has he, who has he beat of like, I'm not going to say of relevance, but like who is the, a top five, top six guy that he beat? Yeah. I mean, Dan Hooker is ranked like eight or nine. Um, I still want to see him fight that fight that against a guy who's a bad matchup for him if he was to do what he did to bobby green to benil dariush you wouldn't hear anything from me like hey that guy should be fighting for the title immediately but like yeah. there's still there's still a little bit of questions you know bobby green isn't the best wrestler in the world uh, he doesn't really offer you much on the ground uh, in terms of when he's on his back but you know you you have a guy in benil who is who's well-rounded who uh, really wanted the fight but just a freak accident to come out of that fight but you know i still would love to see islam and benil dariush fight yeah, his exact quote, how about this? And this is where, like, if you don't do what Dana wants, uh, this is kind of how he's going to do it. He said, quote, since he turned down this fight, we're going to remake the Dariush fight. We'll get that <laughs> fight going. Dying to see that fight. He gets through Dariush. Very interesting. Hey, hey, that is, you can definitely tell that Dana White said that, you know, since he turned down this fight. Yeah. You know, I, I know, I mean, the UFC really wanted uh, Dos Santos to fight. They gave him Renato Moicano. He was probably the only guy who was really raising his hand. But for a co-main event of a pay-per-view, I'm sure that's not who they really wanted to have in that slot. When when you have a guy like Islam and RDA uh, in a matchup as the co-main event, I mean, that's that's a considerable, a considerably b bigger matchup than RDA and Vizib was. Yeah. I mean, we would have been sitting here today very much more excited about this card if it was RDA and Islam instead of RDA and, and Moicano. So I'm sure the fact that Islam pulled out at the last minute after basically saying that he wanted to fight, I mean, that's just not going to sit well with the UFC brass. So I'm not surprised that uh, 
that they're revisiting Dariush and uh, Islam. Yeah, since he pulled out, uh, here you go. <laughs> since he pulled Here's out. Benil Dariush. So uh, you probably shouldn't have said anything on Twitter, and you might have just been <laughs> booked as the next uh, title contender at 155. But because you threw your name out there, got everybody excited, we thought you were going to help us out in this pinch, uh, and now you're turning it down. Here's Benil Dariush. <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't love it if I'm Islam, but as a fan, yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's just funny. And you know, there's been a lot of speculation, and uh, you know, we're not going to fully get into this, I'm sure, but there's been a lot of speculation about Conor McGregor uh, just jumping the line and getting a title shot. If Islam is going to get booked um, here soon, I mean, there's not a clear-cut number one contender, especially if Islam and Benil are fighting. Right. You, you don't know how long Benil um, is going to be out, and Conor's going to be trying to come back soon. Uh, I bet you that uh, if they're if they're in need of a main event for MSG uh, at the end of the year, I bet you whoever the lightweight champion is could very much possibly fight Conor McGregor. I I would not only bet that I would uh, I would predict that like I, that's <laughs> right. if if Islam Mahashev is getting Benil Dariush, then Conor McGregor is getting the next shot at 155. Like no question in Absolutely. my mind. No yeah. question. <laughs> I hate that and I disagree with it, but it's going to happen. Right. So at, yeah. the, at this point, you can't even fight it. You can't just you I can't know. be mad at it. You just got to accept Ugh. it. Like biggest superstar in the sport. Like you, you just got to roll with it. Yeah, the guy's <laughs> like one and eight in the division. But yeah, fuck it. Let's uh let's give him a title <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's not one and eight, but yeah, he's like one and what one and four. Is he yeah, one and four at one fifty five? It's up there. It's one like five, one and five, something like that. Yeah, it's one one time. That was the first time he fought there. He hasn't won since. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you know, fuck, fuck all these guys that have been waiting in line at 155, which has been argued as the best division in the sport for a, a couple years. And, you know, no worries, no worries. Yeah, no worries. We'll just get Connor in there. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's rewind to last Saturday night before we hit this uh, pay-per-view card. Uh, it was Bobby Green a week ago stepping in as, uh, you know, he was only on like a two-week rest from his previous uh, performance against Nazrad Hackparast. We, we both basically said last week, like, this fight is only going to last as long as it takes Islam to get Bobby Green down. Like, from the moment that Islam got this to the mat, we both said this last week, it's over. Like, yeah. if that takes two minutes into the first round, if somehow Bobby Green's able to extend that to the second round, or the like, whenever he gets taken down, as long as there's not, like, two seconds on the clock, that's when the fight's going to be over. Because that's what Islam is going to finish it as soon as it gets to that part of, of you know, his game. And... Sure enough, it didn't take long. Islam got him down. And I mean, Will, I literally said out loud, that's it. And <laughs> it felt like it was a matter of seconds and the fight was over. Yeah, man. Um, it was interesting as long as it was on the feet uh, to see, you know, just kind of how he would approach being on the feet with a guy like Bobby Green. Uh, Bobby Green didn't open up too much. He was moving and everything, but... It just takes that one mistake, and he threw that kick, and then Islam got a hold of him. And you can just see, like, Bobby Green was trying his hardest to get away from him. Like, I felt bad, like, just watching it, because I'm like, bro, you're going down. Because he had his arm just basically trapped, and there was nowhere for Bobby Green to go. He gets him down, and then, like you said, once he got him down, there was no, you know, escaping. You know, the only way that he was going to get out of there is if uh, the round ended. And there was too much time on the clock. Uh, Islam had time to work, and then he got into a dominant position and just had his way. Islam is just so strong, man. Like once he once he gets a hold of these guys, it's there. There's nowhere for them to go. Yeah, I mean, incredible performance again. I think we've both said. I mean, two years ago, this is a future champ. This is going to be a champion at this. At the, you know, I thought on Saturday night after the impressive performance that most people were going to feel like he is deserving of the next title shot. 
I feel like he's deserving of the next title shot. If you want to come back at me with, he hasn't really beat an elite guy, like, okay, I don't I don't dispute that. If, if you want to hold that against him and maybe make him wait behind somebody else, like, I think that's a valid response. But tell me this, if, if you are betting your mortgage on anybody against Islam, who is that person? Because there's nobody that I'm betting my money on to beat Islam right now. I think he's... The, I think he's the champion in waiting, and it's a matter of when he ultimately gets his title shot. And look, I'm saying that as somebody whose two favorite fighters are in this division with with Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. Those are my two favorite fighters to watch in all of MMA, and I, I, I'm not I'm not betting against Islam Mahashev in that division right now. Did you see the uh, opening line for an Islam Charles Oliveira title fight? I did, but I don't remember what it was. Islam was a minus. 415 favorite against the current champion <laughs> and uh Oliveira is a plus like 335 or something yeah. cra- something crazy like that but yeah um everybody I think he was knows, like minus like, 350 against Gaethje correct I didn't see that one okay uh but yeah everybody knows like Islam is, is the next guy I mean there doesn't really seem to be much uh difference like when you see uh when you think of the matchup with Gaethje you just think well I mean, he's really struggled with Khabib, and Islam's just like Khabib, so I definitely think that Islam could beat Gaethje. And then, you know, the, the guy that I would send out there to fight Islam is Charles Oliveira with how he's looked and his submission prowess, but, man, uh, Islam is so strong, man. I mean, is he is he going to have a chance to really throw up his submission? But Charles is so good on, with his submissions, man, it, it's crazy. That that's it's, it, it gets really interesting because that it kind of uh, negates what Islam does on the ground. He, he, he's going to have to be really careful. Yeah. Uh, with how he transitions and stuff on the ground. But, I mean, for right now, man, Islam looks dominant. But um, I would love to see him fight a top-five guy. If he were to get the title shot, I wouldn't I wouldn't trip necessarily. But I would love to see him fight a top-five guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And, look, I don't know that Benil Dariush isn't the guy that I would throw out there if I, if I had to bet my money on somebody to, to, to push him. Uh, I, that might be the best matchup. Not saying Dariush is the best lightweight, but I think that might be the best specific matchup for Islam. So... It's just a, it's, it's going to take a guy who's well-rounded and who can hold their own on the ground. Like you have, you know that you're going to be on the ground with this guy. What can you do on the ground? Yeah. And if you're somebody who can throw up submissions like Benil, like Charles Oliveira, you have a really good chance for sure. Yeah. Uh, co-main event. Damn oh. it, Misha. Bro, do we? Oh God, I was so sure that Misha was going to win this fight. I mean, ah, uh, and I told myself like, okay. There's no way he's gonna lose to Wellington Terman. You know, he lost two in a row. He was a, a really, really good lightweight or light heavyweight. Wellington Terman is a lot smaller than him, but for him to lose this one, this is a bad loss, man. Come on, Misha. Damn it, Misha. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> I I just thought uh, that's not good. Not not good. You drop down. I mean, he was a top fifteen. Yes. Light heavyweight. He's now dropped down to one eighty five, and uh, it's it's not going in the right direction. Uh, Misha Serkinov is uh, asking a lot of questions right now. Um, I know we're short on time. Uh, let's go ahead and skip to Armand Sarukian and Joel Alvarez. Um, this was a fight that, I mean, I felt like Sarukian was the better guy. I think as I talked myself into this, like the size difference and seeing how dominant Joel Alvarez was against Tiago Moises the last time, like I felt like, okay, I'll roll the dice. I was on the wrong side of the pick here. Um, but my gosh, man, Sarukian, um, Big time statement win for a guy that, you know, a lot like Islam is a matchup problem at 155. Man, uh, Joe Alvarez threw a kick and uh, Armin just really just took it and got him to the ground. Uh, 
and then a guy that big, yeah, I mean, you can see the size difference when they're squaring off in the on the feet. But man, when they got to the ground, I mean, they're the same size at that point. I mean, and Sarukian yeah. just really just took it to him, landed that elbow, and then the blood that just poured out of his out of his face was was crazy. I mean, you could tell when that elbow landed like that, that yeah. fight was over. I mean, there was no way that he was going to be able to fend off uh, Sarukian and be able to see. I mean, he couldn't see the the blood was just rushing in his eyes. It was it was crazy to see. Yeah, Sarukian is a problem. I mean, I thought that he might have been somebody who would have um, uh, went in and fought RDA. But, I mean, coming off a win like that, um, I mean, I'm sure he probably doesn't want to, you know, jump right into the fire against a guy like RDA. But, man, he is a problem in this division for sure. I mean, he had a really close fight with Islam, one of the only guys that's ever gave Islam problems. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's he was ranked number 13. But, yeah, he is definitely a problem in this division. Well, apparently he was offered, before Bobby Green took the main event, apparently uh, Sarukian was offered... Uh, to take the main event here, and he thought about it, ended up turning it down, and just said that essentially for a guy like Islam, he's going to need more time, and, and he wants to develop his skills before he gets another opportunity at him, uh, not wanting to throw away you know, that, that rematch when he ultimately gets it, simply because he was the guy that, that has pushed Islam uh, more than anyone else has. So uh, I can appreciate that for sure. Yeah, and then to, to go out there and have a performance like that, I mean, yeah. hey, you, hey, you backed up your talk. You're, you're fighting strategically. You're thinking strategically. That shows a lot of maturity. Uh, not many people would think like that. Many people would be afraid. But for him to give the reasoning, like, I want to develop my skills. I know I lost this guy uh, before. I want to develop my skills. I mean, the sky's the limit for him, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Petrosian over Gregory Rodriguez. We were on opposite sides of that one as well. Um, I thought that fight could have gone either way, Will. That was a terrific fight. Wildly entertaining. Um, I don't know if you caught any of the the prelims, but uh, Bahamundes versus uh, Rongju was a terrific fight. And I've got to mention, Terrence McKinney, man, is, I mean, a star in the making in this sport. His UFC debut a year ago in, in 2021, what is it? He wins it by knockout in like seven seconds. He got to yeah. show off the ground game this time, which is, you know, what he's more known for. But uh, Terrence McKinney, not only a great story, but uh, my gosh, if you don't know the name, know the name. Yeah, you know, uh, to start with that uh, Petrosian and Rodriguez fight, when the when the fight was over, I didn't know who won. Uh, those those there were some rounds that was really close. Uh, I was definitely happy that Petrosian won because uh, I, you know I got the point. But uh, that was a very good fight. Uh, Petrosian showed a lot of toughness. Uh, to, he was taking a lot of damage, and to survive that submission at the end yeah. uh, shows, man, he's he's really really tough. Uh, Bahamundes uh, against Rongju, that was a really good fight. Uh, Bahamundes to go out there and get that finish in the third round, it shows that he's not just a striker. He's got uh, he's got a ground game as well. And then of course Terrence McKinney. I mean he he's a wrestler uh, first, but he his debut goes out he goes out there gets a knockout in 15 seconds, and now he shows you uh, the wrestling and the jujitsu to get the rear naked choke. Uh, he is a very very good prospect in this lightweight division. Uh, I mean, just between uh, uh, Sarukian and Bahamundes and, and uh, Terrence McKinney, these are uh, th that's showing how deep this lightweight division is. And yeah. we know the star power of it, and we know it's deep, but, I mean, we're getting to the bantamweight territory of, like, we're, we're going down to, like, 25, 30, 35, you know, guys who are pretty solid in, uh, in this division. Yeah. All right, man, you, so you got two points out of this fight card, which extends your lead to four. Um, I was 0 for 4 before the main event. Uh, and then, I mean, I had no worries about uh, going over because I was, I, I was, uh, I mean, as close to certain about the outcome of that fight as you can probably get in this sport. But uh, yeah, over four before the main event, I was like, I need to correct that quickly because this is a pay-per-view card. So 
we have uh, a lot more points available here, Will. And- uh, hey, Kobe, man, I, I, yes, I got to say, man, before we start, before we start, um, I know we started off in the heavyweight division with, uh, you know, two, you know, stout heavyweights, Ser- Sergey Spivak and Greg Hardy. But there's some, there's a fight on the prelims that I just really feel like we should uh, put some points on. Okay. And uh, my, my MVP from, from last year, Marina Rodriguez, is fighting in a really, really, really good matchup. I don't know if you want to, uh, you know, put that in instead of the heavyweight fight or just add it in, but I really feel like this fight should get some love. Yeah, we can throw it in there. I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Because uh, I, yeah, I love that matchup. So. matchup. Yeah, very close matchup. Yeah, okay. Uh, then let's start there. It is Marina Rodriguez and Jan Shalnan. Marina Rodriguez is a minus 240 favorite on this Wednesday, according to oddshark.com, plus 190 for Jan Shalnan. Now, in this fight, both of these uh, ladies have fought wrestlers, people who are going to grapple them in their previous fights. You know, Jan fought Carla, and Carla had a way with her. Marina fought Mackenzie Dern and pretty much shut her down, and which was a, a somewhat surprising to a lot of people. I think this one's going to be complete striking, striking affair. Um, I think the difference here, I think they're both very skilled, but I think the difference in power goes to Rodriguez. So uh, my pick's going to go with uh, Marina Rodriguez here. I'm not picking against her again. Uh, ah, Marina Rodriguez man. for me as well. I think this is a fun fight, but I, I mean, I think uh, Marina is a, a title contender in that division, and uh, she just she seems to be getting better, and I just I feel like she's so much more sharp, Will, every time we've seen her uh, recently. So, yeah, I think that continues, and this is, like you said, I think this is a fight right in her wheelhouse where she's really able to just lean into her strengths without having to worry about maybe some other other aspects of MMA. Yeah, she's not going to have to worry about the takedown because Jan doesn't want to uh, even touch the ground, just like how, you know, yeah. what Carla did with her. So yeah. uh, this is going to be a good striking affair. Um, I think it's going to go to uh, the distance. I think we're going to see a war. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. It's uh, it's definitely a fight of the night candidate, without a doubt. So the main card starts in the heavyweight division. We have Greg Hardy and Sergey Spivak. Spivak is the minus 185 favorite, plus 150 for Greg Hardy, Will. I think this just comes down to if uh, Sergey makes a mistake early uh, and and it leads to Greg Hardy knocking him out. Uh, if he is smart and kind of picks and chooses his spots, he'll be able to get Greg Hardy down. And uh, Greg Hardy hasn't really been able to uh, get up uh, when, when someone is, is that heavy on top and stuff. So uh, my pick's going to go with Spivak here, uh, but he's definitely have to be very cautious on how he uh, enters uh, early on. I'm going Spivak as well, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to echo exactly what you said. I think, uh, you know, those first two minutes, if I'm Greg Hardy, to me, it's an all-out blitz, right? I mean, I'm going to yeah. try and force the issue, try and, and get Spivak to engage in a firefight, and that's the path to victory is landing the big shot early. And, you know, otherwise, I think you're just talking about a, a more skilled guy uh, with probably more of a gas tank, you know, if it goes beyond that. So, yeah, more pass to victory for me, I guess, with Spivak, but uh I mean, Greg Hardy getting a finish here early is not out of the question whatsoever. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I, I kind of wrestled with this one a little bit, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna stick with Spivak as well. Uh, but yeah, Greg Hardy is um, you know, he's not the, the the greatest mixed martial artist of all time, but if he forces the issue here, he can land a big shot. And you know, we saw that that first couple minutes that he just had with Tai Tuivasa, uh, where you know he he rocked Tai a little bit. So yeah, uh, it's it's not out of the question. Uh, we have Kevin Holland finally back in the octagon, Will, making his welterweight debut, correct? First time yeah. at 170. Kevin Holland versus Cowboy Oliveira. Oddshark.com has 
Kevin Holland is a minus 200 favorite, plus 170 for Cowboy. Yeah, so, you know, with this one, uh, I think it just depends on if the weight cut affects him. Uh, but even with that, I think uh, Kevin Holland uh, is just more skilled. He's uh, he's going to be taller. He's going to be uh, longer. He's going to be uh, uh, far away. He's going to be able to uh, manage distance, and he's just going to be able to be able to hit Cowboy uh, where Cowboy's not going to be able to hit him. I mean, Cowboy, uh, he's been known to to engage in wars, so he might just push forward. But uh, I think Kevin Holland is very skilled. And uh, I think this is going to be a Kevin Holland win, man. Um, not to say it's going to be an easy win because I expect him to face some adversity. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Kevin Holland will get it done here. This is Kevin Holland for me as well. And you mentioned the weight cut. I mean, he was fighting at 185, and he wasn't cutting any weight. Like, he just – that was just – what he walked around at. So it, it is a, a bit of a weight cut, but we're not talking about a guy that was cutting weight to get to the previous class and is now cutting more. So it's, I mean, it's, I don't anticipate that being a giant issue, but, but we'll see. Um, also, as far as this matchup, um, there's, there's the possibility of this being a really great fight, but I also just kind of think that uh, this is a great opportunity for Kevin Holland. If, if the weight cut isn't an issue, um, you know, in a, against a 170 pounder to, to really show off, uh, the skills to a greater degree. And I think you might see a, a bit of a power discrepancy as well. Um, Kevin Holland for me all the way here. The featherweight division, Edson Barbosa and Bryce Mitchell, which is about as interesting a matchup, I think, as you could po- probably make in the UFC. Minus 152 for Bryce Mitchell, plus 132 for Edson Barbosa, according to oddshark.com. I am, uh, I've been really conflicted on this one. This one has been the, the only one that I've been back and forth on. This is one of the more interesting matchups that we've had all year long. Uh, you know, Bryce Mitchell with his grappling, uh, you can tell he's got a lot of potential in this division. But Edson Barbosa, man, uh, coming down from 155, he, he's always proven to be a really tough matchup. Um, I think it, it comes down to it comes down to this: the leg kicks of Barbosa, because there's going to be a lot of them thrown. I know it. Uh, and the grappling of Bryce Mitchell. Can Bryce Mitchell get a hold of him? Can he get him down? Can he keep him down? Um, I, man, this this one's really tough, man. Uh, I think Bryce Mitchell uh, is 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 tough. He's strong, but Edson's fought the likes of Khabib and Kevin Lee. Yeah. Um, he he struggled against those guys, sure, but uh, these were a lot bigger guys than Bryce Mitchell. So, man, uh, hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and go. I got a lead, so I'm gonna go ahead and just go Barbosa. I think we might see something. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm not sure for sure if you're gonna pick Bryce Mitchell or anything, but uh, me being conflicted, I'm not sure one way or the other. So I'm just gonna pick Bryce or uh, Edson Barbosa. All right, I am. I'm going Bryce Mitchell, and I think there's something to be said for, you know, Edson Barbosa's been at 155. He's fought, like you said, Khabib. Um, the leg kicks are a factor. I mean, I, I you know, every time Edson Barbosa's in the octagon, I'm like. This dude hasn't slowed down at all, right? I mean, think about the Giga fight. I mean, he pushed Giga uh, to the point that, I mean, he, he was so quick, and Giga certainly had a, 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 a another level of quickness, but I wasn't watching that thinking, like, Edson Barboza has slipped in any way. Like, he's still massively dangerous. I just, I feel like when Bryce Mitchell gets his hands on him, uh, he's going to get him down, and he's going to be able to control him. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't think, I think this probably goes the distance, and it's a Bryce Mitchell decision. Uh, just I, I think that uh, he's going to frustrate Edson Barboza when he does get him down. And, you know, a little bit like the Islam uh, Bobby Green matchup that we talked about last week. Like to me, the most interesting part of this fight is is Edson 
trying to keep Bryce Mitchell from getting to him, right? And I think he's certainly capable of it. He's quick enough. You know, he's got power. The leg kicks are devastating. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna lean toward Bryce Mitchell having a couple of those opportunities at least over the course of three rounds, and and uh, you know maybe riding out uh, ground time to a uh, a decision victory. So Bryce Mitchell for me. All right, so our co-main event is RDA and Renato Moicano. Dude, it feels like that RDA-Paul Felder fight was like a century ago, right? Um, RDA's had so much bad luck in terms of, of getting back in the octagon. Finally, he's back, and it's uh, Moicano on short notice. Moicano was outstanding just a couple weeks ago, and he's now filling in on short notice. Oddshark.com has RDA as a minus 180 favorite, plus 140 for Renato Moicano. Well, that's uh, that's surprising. I thought uh, RDA would be more of a favorite. Um, I think with with this fight being on short notice, I mean, I feel like Moicano was probably training. I mean, he had just uh, had a fight, so he might not be too far removed um, from you know being like in tip top shape. Uh, but February twelfth was that uh, Alex Hernandez fight? Okay, okay, yeah. and he's not gonna have to cut all the way down to one fifty five. It's one sixty, so. Um, I think uh, early he's going to have to just kind of go, not go for broke, but just kind of, you know, go out there and just try to get a finish. Um, he's He's got power. You saw that against uh, Alexander Hernandez, and you saw uh, him with his with his ground game. Uh, I think uh, he could potentially get an upset here, but I think uh, RDA's experience, he's been training to become a champion. I think uh, right now he's still got some good fights left in him, and I think uh, this one's going to be one of them. So my pick's going to go with RDA. I'm tempted here, man. I, to be honest with you, I'm really tempted. And I, I tell you what, if this was a full camp for Moicano getting ready for RDA, yeah. I think I would probably go Moicano. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, we're talking about him. He, he, he fought on February 12th. Um, you know, he's a guy that's actually fighting a weight class up from where he was. RDA has just returned back to 155 from 170. I'm curious to see, Will, on Saturday night, what the size differential looks like between the two guys and, and what they look like on fight night. But um, yeah, I'm even talking right now. I'm still a little bit tempted to go Moicano, <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm going to go RDA and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, finally he's able to, to get his opportunity after like, like that Felder fight feels like it was forever ago. So, uh, just glad the RDA is finally getting back into the octagon. All right. The main event, welterweight rivals, Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. Have you seen the odds for this? No, I haven't. Do you want to guess? Uh, so I watched Usman and Masvidal earlier and, and Usman was like a minus 400. So with Kobe being so good, I'm going to say Kobe is a minus 350 favorite. Kobe is a minus 350 favorite plus 275 oh, for Masvidal. Woo! Right on the head. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, I feel, I feel like this, like the odds should be closer just for the simple fact of, uh, they know each other so well, the emotion attached to it, but I think skill, not, maybe not skill for skill, but, um, just with everything that Kobe brings to the table, man, uh, if this fight didn't have all that attached to him, I think this is a fair line, minus 350, a favorite for, for Covington. But um, I think that uh, Kobe needs to, you know, he he wrestles. He's a great wrestler. He mixes in the striking sometimes. But uh, I would just, if I were him, just play it smart. Uh, he, he normally doesn't fight emotionally. Um, for all these fights, he normally uh, engages in, uh, trash talk and all this stuff, but he doesn't normally let that affect his fighting. So I'm going to go Kobe here. I think it's going to probably be a decision. Uh, it might 
turning. I think we're going to see a very exciting first round. And then I think eventually Kobe is going to take over. And then people might not be as um, happy about how the fight plays out. Yeah. But uh, I think Kobe is just going to want to go out there and get the win and then go from there. I have a hard time seeing Masvidal win a decision in this fight, right? Like, to me, yeah. a Masvidal win means a finish. Um, I mean, Colby's a tough guy to put away. Obviously, we, we saw him hit with some big shots from Kamaru. Finally got him in the fifth round of that first fight. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that in terms of being well-rounded, in terms of having that gas tank, those are, are big-time advantages for Colby Covington. I think that, uh, you know, his... his uh, somewhat uh, unorthodox approach and an ability to to go at the same pace for five rounds and take this to the ground. And I just think there's there's too many layers here on Colby's side. Um, you know, Masvidal does have that X-factor ability, though, that, you know, hits you, you know, with the, the big highlight type of shot, uh, if you will. But, um, yeah, I think unless Colby lets the emotion of this get to him, unless he lets the, the pressure of delivering, you know, the kind of fight that the fans want to see, um, that, that would open the door. Uh, if he's able to block all that out and focus on his path to victory here, to me, uh, you know, short of getting caught with a big shot, this is a, a Colby Covington, um, I think, pretty dominant decision. I, I think he probably wins the most of the rounds. I'm not going to say easy, but I don't think we're going to be massively conflicted about who's winning these rounds when, when we get to the conclusion of 25 minutes. Now, my, my only question regarding this fight is uh, in terms of Colby's approach. When he was with the uh, American top team, his when he would start fights, he would run across the cage and just get in people's faces and just kind of just start striking. And then the, the other guy's like, oh, we're, oh, so we're striking. And then right when they start striking, he'll wrap them up and take them down. Yeah. Uh, since he's moved over to MMA Masters, he's kind of uh, been really patient. Like he was very patient against Usman. Uh, he wasn't as uh, active as, you, as he normally would be against Woodley. But I think that's just because he knew Woodley wouldn't be as active either. Uh, but against Usman, he was very patient. He didn't really set a pace. He kind of... Uh, kind of got started in the third round uh and he was really he i think he's really took uh defense into uh he's really worked on it um since he's moved over to mma masters i think he kind of relied on just being crazy and just uh the wrestling so much that um that when kamaru knocked him out he knew like i needed to work on my defense so he's worked on defense I, but i don't know if he's going to be the aggressive go after masvidal type yeah. guy or if he's just going to react to what Masvidal does and just kind of be patient. That's my only question going into this. Well, in the Usman rematch, you know, to your point about being a more defensive fighter, like it was almost to his detriment early in that fight, right? Like he wasn't, there was no output. He was still taking the big shots and it kind of, kind of got to the point where Kamaru had landed some big shots and he finally just had to, it's like, you got to get in the fight now. Like You're no right. more focusing just on defense. Like this is a fight and you have to be engaged both ways, offensively and defensively. And that was when the fight really started getting good. Right. So uh, yeah, I think, you know, the other part of this is obviously these guys know each other so well. They're not just training partners. They were roommates. I mean, Mazadal said for eight years they were best friends and then he found out like apparently it, it meant nothing. Um, these guys know each other extremely well. They know each other's strengths and weaknesses and you're going to know if there's a level of respect for any part of each other's game with, you know, how aggressive or not aggressive they are in a sense. So yeah, I mean, I, I if we see Colby go at, at Masvidal immediately, like you described, I mean, that to me would be the worst sign for Masvidal because that, that is like he doesn't respect your power at all. And if he doesn't respect your power, then, I mean, you know, there that's that's one of the things I think Masvidal has on his side in this matchup. So, 
this will be really interesting, man. I'm, I'm like I said, I, the, the approach I think is about as interesting as anything, but you know, I think once the fight kind of settles in and, and it becomes a fight and both guys just kind of have to do what they do. Um, to me, it's a, it's a Colby path to victory. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, but I will say, um, I do think the striking advantage does go to Masvidal. The power advantage goes to Masvidal and the speed advantage goes to Masvidal, but how, how much is he going to be able to use those things? Because, yeah. uh, Kobe is such a good wrestler. Um, there, Masvidal is—he's not terrible on the ground. Masvidal can kind of hold his own, but you know Usman's so strong that he was able to take him down and hold him down. Is Covington uh, as as strong as Usman, and and will he be able to hold him down? And but Kobe does a good job. Even if he is taking you down, you're getting up. He just is going to take you right back down. So yeah, yeah. Kobe has—he definitely has a way to win this and a way to control this fight. Uh, if I were him, I wouldn't even mess with the striking. Just take him down and Agreed. just prove it. Just prove that you're that alpha. The striking part of this, though, if if it if it is a fight like that for any any period of time, I mean, both of these guys will throw shots, you know, from all over the place, right? I mean, it's it it can be pretty random in terms of where shots are going to come from. So if we do get any sort of extended period of time where this is a striking fight, um, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, Kobe's output, and then. Uh, Jorge's skill and his efficiency. I mean, when you put those two together, man, that you're right. It would be fun. Like I wish it was, this was going to be just a striking match because this, it would be a war, but uh, you know, Kobe has that, that equalizer, that, that wrestling, man. Yeah, no doubt. All right, buddy. Uh, we will catch up next week. This will be a fun one to review. I can't wait for Saturday night. It's going to be a ton of fun and uh, good luck, man. Good luck to you too, brother. Podcast is over.